0: when you have no attachment, when you're willing to lose anything and everything, but you're still taking daily inspired action, nothing touches you in this world. And that's where you become a force to be reckoned with because then no one can hold anything against you. But also you don't become attached to the pursuit of something because some people get attached to the pursuit of things and then they lose themselves in it. And I've been totally guilty of that multiple times in my life, but the real place of pure power is I have this and I'm going after this, but I don't need this. And it's not important to my enjoyment of life.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I am your host, Amanda Johnson. And today I am really, really excited to introduce you to the guest that I have with me. I'm also really excited to get to talk with him more and get to know him even better. Uh, He and I have recently connected in the virtual world, as so many of us do, and I believe it is like attracts like, and so the energy that I'm putting out into the world currently is attracting some incredible energy into my world, and I'm so grateful for that, and our guest today is no different. He is a, a light in the world, he is beautiful inside and out, and he has a heart of gold, and Um, along with a servant's heart from what I can tell. And this is in just a few interactions with him. So I know deep, deep in my being that our conversation today is going to inspire you, uplift you, encourage you, and potentially even transform you in some way, shape, or form. So let me introduce you to our guest today, Jared Bull. Jared is a transformational coach and speaker. He works with other coaches, consultants, executives, and solopreneurs from around the world, both online and offline, to give them the inner tools and external resources to help them bring their inner visions to life. Through his experience, he firmly believes that you can do what you love and make good money doing it all the while offering a great service to others and maintaining an inner sense of alignment to yourself. This is his goal and mission in life for everyone he encounters and meets. Jared, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks
0: for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Me too. So, with that, we are going to dive into wherever this conversation leads. I know Mm -hmm. for um, this whole show, Being Inspired is based on the premise that we Speak in spirit, right? The spirit Mm -hmm. flows through us. Everything that we say comes from that which connects all of us, that source, Mm -hmm. that divine nature, that quality. And so we never know where these conversations are going to go. I don't plan ahead to guide them in any specific way. I leave it open to inspiration. So with that, we start with a very open-ended question to better understand you and why you do what you do in the world. And then we'll go from there. So my- S- Sounds good to me. Awesome. Is <laughs> why do you do what you do in the world?
0: Yes. Um, so great question. Why it matters. That's, this is what I call it for everyone in my coaching work is what's your why it matters? What's your motivating force? What's actually driving you? And really what's driving me and why it is that I do what I do It really started with, it it really just comes down to change, evolution, and transformation. Life is growth. And if you want to continually experience life in an enjoyable way, and by enjoyable, I don't necessarily mean comfortable. I mean, you're enjoying each and every moment of it. Then you have to accept and embrace life. And that means embracing change and transformation. And change scares a lot of people. Change scares a lot of individuals. Their relationship to change is usually traumatic or something like this. So ultimately, in one sentence, why do what I do is to evolve and to grow because that's what makes me feel alive. And what makes me even feel more alive is when I see others change and grow. And now, at this point in my own work, in my own life, and my own business, I never thought I could get to a point where I was maintaining inner alignment with myself, understanding my core values and what I stand for, all the while while making good money doing it. That was, for a lot of people, um, I see a lot of belief systems out there with people who have made it successfully externally out there in the world with money, but they don't know their values necessarily. And then also people who might know their values, <laughs> But aren't making the type of money that they want to make, and so I never thought, I never thought that you could actually have both. Um, it just had wasn't a reality for me yet. But my own growth process has been to be able to, to make both things happen. And so now that's my passion. It's my passion to bring other people into a space where they can make the amount of money that they want to make, live the type of lifestyle that they want to live with more freedom and flexibility, all the while maintaining inner alignment to who they are and understanding their value systems at a core level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely.
1: So good, yeah. so good. Okay, Couple things. couple things right away. So I am a true believer and I can imagine you agree with me that we can only come to a place of being of service and inspiring others, encouraging others, guiding others once we've done the work ourselves. And I can hear very clearly in everything you're saying that this is all very linked to who you are, that you are here to change, evolve, grow. And it's through that that you now support others in doing the same thing. What I'm really curious about is to go back a little bit further, um, and and I'm not, I don't do this because I think story is who we are. We are not our story. Mm -hmm. Equally, I do believe that whatever we are here to contribute to the world in whatever way, shape, or form, is born of where we have come from it's what we've overcome it's the it's the wounding that we've had from being a little boy or a little girl in this world and we've spent our lifetime this is my belief you know early on unconsciously trying to make sense of that wound or that separation, illusion of separation in some, some way, shape or form. And then as we get a little bit further on our path, we're more conscious of it. And then that becomes our gift to the world. That becomes what we have to offer. Mm -hmm. And if you agree with that and you're willing to take us back to like little Jared, or even what was some of that, initial wounding or illusion of separation that you experienced for you to now have such a deep desire to be the change, experience change and growth, evolution, and then share that with others?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Amanda. So the first things that I want to share out here is your why it matters. You're driving your motivating force. Uh, you, the, the reason why you're moving in life, anyone, comes down to what imprinted upon you. So, for instance, what really imprinted upon me at a young age was a lot of physical abuse, trauma, and then that carried out into the Marine Corps, and I had more trauma when I went to war. And so, my driving force, I didn't know it for a majority of my life, was to feel safe and secure. And this is a, this is a big driver for a lot of human beings, and they all, people feel safe differently. Some people feel safe by ha- being in a close relationship. Others feel safe by, um, you know, having a lot of money and there's never enough of it. But whatever makes a person feel safe, your emotions drive essentially what it is that you're doing. So when it comes to understanding your why it matters, it's always linked back to some of those first moments. So for me, mine was to feel safe. I never really felt safe in my home because I had some really deep, impactful, traumatic experiences that Shaped who I was at a very fundamental level early on and the most in all the research in psychology right now it's saying that the most formative years are between the ages of zero and, and 10 now a, a lot of the newer research in things like uh, uh, what's the new field um, not, epidi- not not epidemiology uh, what's Epigenetic? the Epigenetics, Yeah. Epigenetics is saying that, you know, we can change it. Like just because who you are in the past does not mean who you have to be in the future. So I'm a firm believer in not being victim to your own story or whatever's happened. However, you do want to honor it and see how it shaped you. And then once you make sense of how it shaped you and how it's created you to be who you are today, take control of that and say, well, who do I want to be tomorrow? and then you, you, you write that out and you author your own story through the actions you take in each and every single day, your behaviors. So that's what I love about that. It's understanding why you are the way you are is important. And a lot of people, that's why they go to counseling and they find some sense of relief there from the burdens of the past. However, what I love about coaching and the model that I use and work with is it's really about integrating and authoring your future self. Who is it that you want to become and who is it that you're being right now? And where's the gap between what it is that you want to create in your life and who it is that you want to become and where you are right now? What's How do you define that gap and how do we close that gap? So a lot of people think they have to go inward to find all these answers. And that's good. That's a part of the journey. But then after that, after you go inward, it's about how do I want to create? How do I want to show up? What's my vision for the world? What's my vision for my own life?
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. And what you're saying, so much of what you said is reminding me of a conversation I had yesterday uh with a client of mine who's writing this book on anxiety and he's talking about how again that safety um those are the whatever that imprint is on our ourselves as a young child we do create these ways of showing up in the world it may come in the form of anxiety or craving a relationship i'm thinking of my own life i'm thinking you know i obviously really looked to connection with others to feel safe and secure right that was my thing um what was one of the things. And of course what happens as we go through life and this is what my, um, this gentleman was talking about is often then we will create really unhealthy or um ineffective ways to feel safe because they're familiar. So a lot of us will stay in quote unquote bad relationships. Uh, we'll we'll kind of keep perpetuating the cycle because it's familiar and we link familiarity with safety because it's like, well, I know this. So we may perpetuate these habits, these traumas, etc. Freud talks about it, right? The repetition compulsion. So it's like we're constantly trying to recreate that feeling of safety. Um, and so again, until we can become a of that pattern, right? Ooh. We have a hard time changing it. And then I want to point back to what you said before and get your thoughts on this. You said people are afraid of change. And I think that's huge, right? Most of us are unwilling to change because the fear of change is greater than the discomfort we're feeling in our lives currently. Why? Because it's familiar. A lot Beautiful. of us deal with familiarity, right? So how do we, how do you uh, support, encourage people to go, yep, and You got to get through that discomfort, right? right? You said it's like, it's enjoyable. That doesn't mean it's comfortable, right? So how do we bridge that?
0: Beautiful. I love that. So there's a couple ways that I measure engages, and this is what I love about the coaching process because people don't at people don't know that there's an actual map to transformation. You know, a lot of people transformation and change scares them, uh, whether it's in business, whether it's in their relationships, whatever it may be, because it's the unknown, and the unknown is naturally scary to human beings. Understandably so, because we grew up in this evolutionary world where life was changing so quickly, and if you didn't know what you you were doing a lot of times you you're you know you didn't make it that was our ancestors history but now we live in a very different world it's moving just as fast and evolving faster than it ever has been before with technology but the, the key thing here is helping someone to change and to transform and giving them an understanding of the actual process what to expect what it looks like what it's going to feel like And one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of my clients who come to me, either entrepreneurs or people who just want to take a different step or different direction in their life, in their relationships, sometimes it's a mix of both, they start stepping out into the unknown and they start feeling life call them and they want to hang on to their comfort zone. And so there's three rings here. There's the comfort zone at the center. That's what we know, our known world. There's the uncomfort zone right outside of that. That's where it's like a new territory. I'm a little bit scared. And then beyond that is the panic zone. And the panic zone is where we get traumatized. And what I see with individuals is if they don't have the right support systems in place, i.e. a community like a church or um, you know maybe a workplace environment that's a support system, family, Um, coach, mentors, anything like that, if they don't have those support systems in place, then they skip one foot in from the comfort zone and the uncomfortable uncomfort zone and go straight to the panic zone. They get re-traumatized. Then they hide back to their comfort zone and say, I'm never doing that again. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens with a lot of people. What we want to do here is evolve and transform in a way that is pushing our boundaries that feels uncomfortable but that feels possible and is doable and how you create that feeling within a client is a science in and of itself. A lot of coaches out there, they don't have, I mean, When I first started down my coaching journey, I didn't really have any formal training and I still did great work with people, but I was just kind of going with it. Once I got more formal training and then I really started, I mean, I hired my own coaches, was working with mentors, I really started understanding the coaching process, um, the transformation process on a much deeper level and that allowed me to help my clients navigate through those different zones. You got one foot in the uncomfort zone and one foot in the comfort zone. That's ideally where we want to be. Now what happens sometimes is people take too many steps out in too many directions and then they get traumatized in are in the panic zone. And then they say, this isn't for me. And they turn around and they just stay in the comfort zone. They say, I'm never leaving here again, or they're not going to leave there for a while. So it's really keeping your client, in a space where they feel comfortable, but at the same time, they're feeling uncomfortable as well and walking that fine line. And when you do that, your comfort zone expands. And so as your comfort zone expands, then you can actually get further in life as well. And so that's that's really the key thing that we want to do here. There's some coaches who just, you know, like Tony Robbins, I I don't – um, he's a great coach, but there's some things that he does that I don't agree with. Cause I've, I've even talked with people who have been very traumatized by his approach. He's just like, you've got to take massive action, massive action over and over and over again. I'm all about taking action. You know, my, 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 my saying is action is transformation and that's really important. However, Action is only action is only one part of the process. You also have to honor rest as well. The natural world takes action and it rests, and it's in an balance, masculine and feminine. So when you honor those both, it's like you're pushing into the uncomfort zone, then you go back to the comfort a little bit. Then you push further out into the uncomfort zone, and you come back to the comfort a little bit. And then you push you. And so it's that safety net. It's like a child. You ever seen a child with a, with their mother Uh, they like explore and they go have fun, then they come back and then they hold their mother's leg and they're like, oh, and then they go out and explore a little bit further and then they come back to their mother's leg. So that's them learning, okay, I can test this out, I can have fun, I can play with life. That's that's a relationship that we wanna have to transformation, but also life itself. I can experiment in these new ways. This is fun, okay, this is enjoyable, little scary, I'm a little scared. But then you come back, okay, I feel good. I'm in my comfort zone. Everything's okay. All right, I'm going to push out again. And you push out one more time.
1: I love that visual of the little kid running away from his mom coming back. It's so true. And, and you're absolutely right. This, as we expand, our, as we're willing to step out, and sometimes it is. It's little by little. And then Mm. there's that coming back to comfort. I, again, it's that there are so many ways of saying it two steps forward, one step back. I think so often in life, I know I have felt this way that one step back feels like a setback, a failure. uh, Oh man, I I just didn't, you know, and we forget that a, there were two steps forward, right? So there's Mm. still progress. There's still expansion happening and it is following the natural, expansion contraction watch the tide i remember i need to share this story i was in costa rica in march and i was watching this from where i was staying this the tide it would be in the morning i would look out and the boats would be resting on dirt it was they were on the ground and i thought oh this is really interesting why are the boats not on water well 6 hours later they were all resting on 6 to 8 feet of water Mm. And then six hours later, they were on the ground again. There mm. was a natural ebb and flow all around us. Look at the seasons. Mm. Look at the ocean. Look at everything flowers that open and then close. Everything around us is doing this process. And it's so, I'm so excited that you pointed us to that because I think we can, not only are we afraid of the unknown, we're also then, I think, very. Critical of ourselves when we go into that contraction space or that contracted space or that resting space throughout the process. Would you agree?
0: Absolutely. And that's what actually slows the process down and leads to burnout, leads to anxiety and worry on a constant basis. When you honor the natural ebb and flow of life, the natural breathing process, you know, you look at your breath, you inhale, and then you have to exhale. Um, And it's the same with your life. And that's how you expand. That's how the lungs expand. That's how you inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. So honoring that, is really, really important. We have to do both. We have to honor the masculine energy taking action, and then you have to also equally acknowledge the importance of this more rest, rest space and the more f- female energy in terms of receiving.
1: Can you... Paint the picture a little bit for us what that looks like in your life or how that has looked on your own journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I had to learn because I was always more masculine driven due to my early experiences and then also a lot of my training in the Marine Corps. Um, a, I think in the West, we typically honor the more masculine energy, um, that action-oriented go, go, go. And that's great because you can create things in the external world quickly and get results. However, it's not longevity and it's not sustainable. Uh, If you want to build something that's sustainable, you have to have those relaxation spaces in there. It just has to be. So it's pushing and then pulling back, pushing a little bit further and then pulling back in and then pushing. And so that's, that's the natural process. And what that looks like really in my own life, in my own life, You know, first, I'm just going to give you an example from one of my clients. So, and then I'll share a little bit more about my own life and how that works. One of my clients, Jen, she's a creative director out in San Fran. She's been really successful out there. She does hard work. She's always go, go, go. A lot of, a lot of male energy. Always takes on a lot of responsibility always does a lot of work, always takes on like leads the team and takes charge of everything. And when I started working with her, I could tell that she was overworked. She was overstressed and she felt like she wasn't getting paid enough. And so the first thing that I saw was, one, she needs to honor herself more in terms of her pay because she's doing all this work and she she's not speaking up for her value. So that's actually causing a lot of stress on an unconscious level, which I get into because sometimes people come in, come to me and they think it's the job that's creating their stress. I'm saying, look, if the job is creating this much stress in your life, then um, you actually need to be getting paid more because there's something energetically there. And then once you get more pay from being so stressed out, you'll see that your stress levels actually go down because it's an equal, it's more of an equal and fair exchange. So that was the first thing that I saw with Jen and she was in a space where it seemed like I couldn't get her to slow down. So I had to do the next thing. I said, okay, well, what would allow her body and her being to slow down naturally? And it came around to the concept that I just shared with you with the pay position. So she was up to do this new job as a creative director for a nonprofit in San Fran. And I asked her, I said, Jen, what, what, how, you know, what do you really want? Like this is your dream job. You're excited about it. Your heart, you, your heart, you know, is really involved. So it's a, it's an art position. So she, uh, a director, director of a, a nonprofit that controls the arts in San Fran. So her heart was really connected to it, but she was incredibly stressed out. I said, what's causing the stress? And eventually, through the conversation and the asking the right questions, I always say that questions are a quest to our inner self. Uh, you have to ask the right questions. Better, good questions are way better than average answers. <laughs> and so when I when I started through the the questioning process in a in a in an easy way, not like an interrogation, a, a light easy way, we have, I eventually got to the root source of what her stress was, and it wasn't. It was she was she didn't feel seen or valued or heard. And um, money is one way that we feel seen and valued and recognized by, by society, um, social recognition is one way that we feel valued. Um, and people have different values, but for, for her, for Jen, this was one. And I, and I, I do see a lot more people actually have those values out there in the world. They might not be ready to admit it to themselves. Sometimes I see that in the spiritual communities, but money and social recognition as materialistic as they might seem, they do play very important roles in in your health as a human being. And so for her, that was what I saw was she wasn't being recognized. And so I said, well, what would help you feel to, to, to be acknowledged and to be recognized? And she said, honestly, I, I think I deserve way more pay. And so we did that. And so I, I, I did three phone calls with her and in three phone calls, we created $25,000 for her, for her promotion with her job with her new boss. So she went up $25,000 in three calls. She felt way better about the job and she was able a little bit. She was able to relax a little bit more after that, because even though she knew she was going to do hard work, she felt now that she was actually getting valued for what she was worth for what subconsciously she knew she was worth, but wasn't ready to speak out into the physical environment yet. And so we through our work, we got I got her to a place where she was able to speak about her worth and actually ask for it out there in the external world and then that was validated and given back to her which actually allowed her nervous system to calm down more even though she still had more work to do it allowed her to calm down so that was a first key thing for giving her more breathing space to her own life oh wow I'm making more money I'm doing something that I love so she was able to relax into that a little bit deeper So there's different ways that you can create breathing room. You can do it with money. You can do it with more time and space out of your day, if that's what a person needs. Um, You can do it with yoga, meditation, different support systems. In life, there's three different support systems. There's the internal support systems we give ourselves that might look like yoga, doing meditation, something that we do for ourselves. There's the external which is family, um, it's friends that you're close to. It's maybe uh, mentors or coaches. that's the external support systems. And then there's environmental support systems. And environmental is a church or maybe a club that you go to, not like a dance club, but a, you know, like a rotary club or a um, you know like a business mentor group or something like that. We want to have all those boxes checked. If you want to, one, reach your full potential as a human being, but then two, give yourself breathing room. Most people in the world have no idea how important having all those three things in their life are. When you have all those three things covered, a support system in each and every single box checked off, you'll see that life is actually much easier. You'll feel more relaxed. You'll feel more supported, which will give you the courage to go take more action into your uncomfortable zones. Mm-hmm. No one has to be, no one is a, dry, a, a drive warrior, like one solo man mission. I know I'm talking a lot, so I'm going to say I love
1: it. No, I love it. Well, you're, you know, that's kind of the point of having you here. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. So now can I, can I push a little further? And then I Please. love the example of your client. I actually really love the, um, just to acknowledge that sometimes it is the financial, exchange, having money can create more of that breathing space, more of that relaxing. I mean, I can, I can totally relate to that. Like where in my life have I felt most contracted is when there haven't been the financial resources in place to support me. Now that's, I mean, we could go on a whole nother tangent there and I don't know if that's where you want to go, but like there is, that also was a part of my path and journey that I I needed to experience. I remember pretty vividly a few years ago having this revelation that like, it felt like it was like a complete download from the, like straight from the divine that said, I have to first be comfortable with nothing before I am willing to receive and be comfortable with everything. Like it, I had to go all the way to that extreme lack or deprivation, quote unquote, but not see it as lack, right? Not see it as, oh, I can't, you know, so it was, that was my journey. And, and, and I mean, in a way still I'm coming out of that. It's, it's not like, but that was, I had to go through that, I believe. So I can, so for a few, for there was, was some time where it wasn't about getting more money because sometimes that Would you agree with this? That sometimes the pursuit of more money might actually uh, have the opposite um, impact on us, right? Where instead of giving us space to relax and breathe, it becomes a distraction. It becomes uh, something else to, you know, be consumed by. It might even keep us more in our comfort zone because, you know, for example, maybe it's money that helps us feel safe and secure. So Mm -hmm. can you see the inverse being uh, possible as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And that's where the balance comes into play. Um, I think a lot of people, when they have these experiences, and usually I see it as a root chakra clearing, the root chakra is is responsible for safety and security. Um, Some people find that in relationships, other people find it in money, however they find it. And then those things leave and people get a lot of anxiety and worry and scared. What it means to come back into your own power, though, is being okay with having nothing. So it's not – sometimes life will bring us to these points where we have nothing, no relationships, or they have, like people that we really love, we lose them, um, You know, money gone. And that is to bring us to a point within our consciousness and our being to ex- to not be attached to it there's nothing wrong with money. It's the attachment to money. It's the attachment to relationship. It's the attachment to these things that we think we have to have in life in order to enjoy it. And so the gift really there is, is the non-attachment. And that's what I encourage people to do. And once you get that at a being level, once you get the fact that you have, okay, don't have an attachment to money as being a safety security source. I don't have an attachment to a relationship as making me feel safe. Once you don't have that attachment to it, that's when the floodgates really open and you can take action. And that's what I encourage people to do. I say, take, take detached action. And in the yogic tradition, there's a specific word for this called Vagriya. Vagriya means to take inspired daily action with not attachment. And if you notice that is what, that's real power. That's, internal power but that's also external power as well too because one no one can ever hold anything over your head ever again you know that's why a lot of the bad a lot of the bad things that you hear out there in the world uh, like you know people holding other people account like uh, they try to use the things that they value against them like and I'm talking about like in I mean that's pretty sinister but it's it's pretty common in the business world and that's like people taking power over you, But when you have no attachment, when you're willing to lose anything and everything, but you're still taking daily inspired action, nothing touches you in this world. And that's where you become a force to be reckoned with because then no one can hold anything against you. But also you don't become attached to the pursuit of something because some people get attached to the pursuit of things and then they lose themselves in it. And I've been totally guilty of that multiple times in my life. But the real place of pure power is I have this and I'm going after this, but I don't need this. And it's not important to my enjoyment of life. It doesn't really affect my experience or my enjoyment of life. And that's where life is actually trying to get you to in within your own consciousness. Once you get there, Everything is easy. You won't get worried or emotional when money goes down or a relationship leaves. You'll just be able to accept it. You know, I always tell people if something crazy happened to my money today and I went completely broke, I'd be fine because I know I have the skills and the resources and the emotional centering within myself to build it back up and to do whatever's I have to do in order to make that happen. If I lost a relationship, which I have uh, multiple times within the past three and a half years because I just wanted to go down a different path and the other person did too, even though I connected with that person, now I recover from those really quickly. I can give my whole heart to a person, really be in love with them, But then also, if our paths separate in the sense that we know that I want to go one way and she wants to go another, then I can let go of that and I'm not attached to it. Love is detachment. It's not, it's love, true love is detachment. That's not, it doesn't mean being cold. It means being willing and committed to be fully invested, but not attached to losing. That's what pure love is. And people feel that people feel that come across in their engagements. People feel that when they come in contact with me at times, just when I'm talking with them, that I'm not attached to to things, not attached to them. I'm not attached to it, but so it's a, it's a whole nother energy. And when there's no attachment there, more energy can actually flow through you and out into the world. And that's what creates the abundance and support and relationships. wealth, all those other things.
1: And that is like a whole nother topic, but um, I wanna I wanna honor that because that's so significant. And I absolutely love what you said around because you started off this conversation talking about enjoyment and enjoying life. And that may not mean it's comfortable all the time. And I I what I'm hearing you say now, and what I personally agree with is the more non-attached we are, the more we can enjoy. And I remember years ago as I was teaching. Um, I was teaching this program or workshop called uh, SOAR, Learn to SOAR, which is learn to simply observe, accept, and release. And it's based on the three pillars of non-judgment, non-resistance, and non-attachment. And as I would talk to each one of those or speak to each one of those concepts, I remember there was a, I believe... It's Gay Hendrix who wrote, um, the, uh, has a quote around like gripping, if, it's as if you grip the rope of life, like if you're holding on to life, but it's as if you put your hands around the rope loosely enough that the rope can move through your hands. If you're gripped on so tightly to it, well, you're just going to get rope burn on your hands, right? It's going to be super uncomfortable and you're not, you're not letting the flow of energy move through you, but it also doesn't mean that you're standing away from it, right? Because then the mm. rope would fall. So you're able to experience life. You're able to feel life. You're able to love life. You get to like, you know, all of it. And and you're holding it lightly enough that you're not attached to it. So things move through. And I love that you said that as you become non-attached, more can flow through you into the other. And it's a brilliant concept. And therefore, we can enjoy it. Because I think a lot of people have come up and said, well, if you're detached, quote unquote, that's, there's a connotation of being removed, cold, Mm -hmm. unbearing, unloving. It's like, no, not at all. We can actually be more in love, in enjoyment while being non-attached because we can give ourselves fully to it Mm. without fear, without fear of getting hurt, without fear of loss. That to me is where enjoyment, joy comes from. Yeah.
0: Mm, beautiful. Well said, Amanda. I totally agree. Yeah. And people forget that. People forget that, um, just because you're detached doesn't mean you're not going to take action or you're not going to enjoy it. Like, that's what people think is that, okay, if I got to take this serious and I can't enjoy it. And, um, you know, if I'm not If I'm not serious about this, then it's not going to happen. And that's just not true. Um, Take daily inspired action and enjoy the process because that's all you actually really have is the process. That's all you ever have is the process and the journey. Um, A lot of people I've met, and myself included, in different parts and aspects of my own life, I've gotten to a place where I reached the goal and then I wasn't happy. And I was like, wow, it's already over? That moment I worked like – millions of other these little moments where I was full of pain and struggle just to get to this one moment of joy and now it's already gone and it's so fleeting and I think people can get caught up in that so learning to enjoy the process and the journey is really important really really important
1: which is what I love that what you do what you stand for who you are in the world and what you've committed yourself to, your own life, and supporting others in doing, is this constant process of growth, change, evolution, transformation, and that's it. So enjoying all of it, enjoying the the, the roadmap that you can follow, enjoying the the pain and the discomfort that you might experience as you're going through it and then enjoying the moment of transformation that one experiences, knowing that it's not the last one, knowing that it's not, you know, the end all be all. It's part of all of it. And so I, I love that all of that ties together so beautifully with who you are. Thank you, Amanda. Yeah.
0: yeah. Can I just say one note there before you go on to the next question to add to that? Mm-hmm. I, um, the pain beyond the pain and the pleasure is bliss. Most humans are driven towards pleasure and go away from pain. When pain is something that no longer holds you back in your life and when you're no longer actually attached to chasing pleasure, you will come to a place where you can experience bliss, and that will flow through you, and that is the most powerful energy. And in the yogic tradition, we call this the Ananda Maya Kosha, and it's the highest body within our awareness, and it's it's what people relate to as God. Like so, when you when you get in touch with that part of yourself. Um, you realize that you have everything within you. Everything is within you. And now I'm not saying that you don't need to learn skills and certain resources, but everything is within you in the sense that there's nothing outside of you that can give you more pleasure than yourself. Mm That's I want to
1: just, I, uh, we could go back and forth forever. And now I want to say that uh, during a breathwork session, actually, I have experienced that a handful of times where I would describe my sensation, my experience as pure bliss, which mm. for those, if you're kind of like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, or you, sometimes I, it helps me to have an example of what that feels like or looks like in another person so that I can see if that was true for me or if I can relate to that. And so for me, what that looked like was. Was a um, a feeling and energy going through my body that felt like well, there was tears. it was at first as if I was sad or experiencing pain uh, to a degree emotionally. I was releasing this emotional quote unquote pain, and then simultaneously, I was like the tears were streaming down my face as I was smiling as much as I could. Like my face was in the biggest smile as tears were streaming on my face. And in that moment, it was like laughing and crying blends together, pain and pleasure merging into one. And I think that's when you said what you said, that's what I related to. That's what I connected to as being bliss. It's mm-hmm. all of it. It's mm-hmm. everything.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, it's embracing every, every aspect of life, being okay with all of it not running from pain, not running towards pleasure, just being okay with all of it. Yeah.
1: Okay. We're going to have to have another conversation to dig deeper, but for today we're going to close out with a few questions regarding inspiration and what inspires you. Are you ready? Yeah, go for it. I'm all, I'm all ears. All right. The first question is who is a source of inspiration for you and why? Oh man,
0: I got a lot of uh, sources of inspiration. I would, I would say, really anyone who's anyone anyone who's going down the path and choosing to uh, not allow their fear or the possibility of pain rule them, or their pleasure rule them as well. Um, so Steve Chandler, he's a coach. He's a Fortune 500 coach who's been in the game for over 30 years. He inspires me. I read a lot of his books. I went to his school, ACS. It was a great school. Um, my own coach, Paul, he really helps me out. He's, uh, he's been my life coach for over a year. My own mentor and spiritual mentor, Janine, she's just in a whole nother world. She inspires me. Um, and people, I mean, p- my clients inspire me, uh, what I see them go through, what I see them, the risks that they're willing to take, um, you know, the human condition is just, it's so beautiful in the sense that it's so fragile. Uh, life is so incredibly fragile and it deserves this level of honoring. But at the same time, um, when I see human beings test their fragility and, and put, put themselves in, new spaces to grow. Um, I'm extremely moved by that. It makes me very, it wells up uh, big emotions within my heart because I see um, humans are really just so incredible. They're incredible. And the more I see deeper into myself and who I am and what I'm capable of, the more I can see it in other people around me. And I, I really love that process because um, people don't, some people don't trust themselves or they're looking for support or they want to do things and they have dreams and they're, they're not sure if they can do it or not. And um, it's not even about whether you can do it or not. The question is never about whether you can do it or not. The question is, are you willing to try? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all the question ever is. So anytime that I see my clients take a new step in a direction of fear or in more into their uncomfortable zone, I'm just as equally inspired by them as I know the as as they are by me (laughs) you know so it's a two-way it's a two-way street so that's really what moves me
1: yeah Oh, I love that. And I love that you see the reflection of it, right? What who we are inspired by is a reflection of who we are. So of course you're inspired by your clients. They're reflecting back to you who you are. They see that. They're inspired by you. That reflects back to them who they are. It's such a gorgeous, gorgeous mm-hmm. dynamic that we're
0: beautiful. That's offering. great. You really nailed that on the head, Amanda, how you said that. That's exactly it.
1: Well, I've said it a few times, so I've, okay. I've rehearsed that one. <laughs> no. yeah. Those who have heard my show, they're like, I've heard her say something really similar to that before, but it's <laughs> truth. I mean, I'm going to probably say it a lot because it's truth. Anyhow. So my second question, what mm-hmm. place or activity is most inspiring you right now?
0: Oh, fun things to do.
1: Sure. It could be anything. I mean, they could be boring things too. I don't know if they inspire you.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I really like snowboarding. Uh, snowboarding is an enjoyable time where I get out onto the mountain and I connect with nature. I'm away from everything. And I f- it's very grounding. Uh, being by mountains is very grounding to me. Uh, cause the mountains have, have always been known to where you get wisdom and inspiration and nature in these high places. So the mountains are definitely a big source of inspiration. And one of the reasons why I moved out to Colorado um, so I would say that's the first, the first source of inspiration and play and fun. And then also I, I have a jacuzzi in my apartment complex and I love it. <laughs> oh my God, that's so great. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get, uh, I get good ideas there. Um, I take client notes there sometime where I can serve my clients in a more powerful way in the jacuzzi. And I just, that's like my favorite time because I relax at the end of the day. I say, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to share this with this person. So uh, I would say snowboarding and then the jacuzzi is probably my two favorite spots. You've
1: got, you got the, Water and the the mountains, right? The like the That's root right. and the like the high high energy flighty water energy. I love it. I love it. That's right. That's right. I, I picture you like actually when you said taking client notes, I thought you were gonna say taking client calls, and I was like that'd be phenomenal if you're sitting in the jacuzzi like <laughs> on you know, like the video with your shoulders up, and they hear like the burb like bubbling underneath you.
0: I've had a couple of clients call me when I was in there, and I did take the call, but I didn't go too deep into the coaching session because I like to be very focused. And I like them to be very focused and present. I'm, I can be pretty focused and present yeah. wherever I am. Well,
1: if your shirt is off and they're seeing you in a jacuzzi, they may not be very focused and present, so. There and you go, there you okay. go. All right, third question, third question. Let's bring it back. Uh, a favorite book that has inspired you on your journey?
0: Oh, gosh, man. That's hard because I love so many books. I would say, oh, I would say probably the most important book and most vital book to my success is hands down been the Prosperous Coach by Rich Littman and Steve Chandler. Um, it teaches you how to connect with people on a much deeper level, how to initiate sales in a way that feels aligned to you in a service-oriented way, um, and that just that's a part of my being now. I mean, I, I I think last year I listened to this book probably about thirty to thirty-five times. Um, and then I did the coaching school with Steve Chandler and I went to a Rich Litvin intensive and they were both authors of the book and that book just changed my life. Um, I just embodied it by the, by the end of the year, I totally embodied it. I mean, I was making regular calls and connecting with people and serving people in a powerful way. Now it's just a way of being, um, you know, for me, selling service, it's just who I am. It's a part of me. I don't even think twice about it. It's just, I see exactly where I can contribute to a person's life, help them meet financial goals that they want, but help them meet personal goals within themselves that they want. And it just flows right through me. It flows right through me. So that's, I would say that's definitely the most impactful book uh, that I've ever read Mm -hmm. up to this point that I can think of. And that's been a part of my journey. Yeah. I love
1: yeah. that. I know that question is not easy for many to answer. There are typically many, many that we have read and, and learned from. Um, it's always fun, though, to hear which, which one comes to the surface,
0: right? Which is kind of that one that we mm-hmm. gravitated towards sharing. So good. Yeah, listening to it 30 times probably brought it to the surface. So.
1: Yep, that's going to imprint that on on your brain for sure. <laughs> wow. Wow, I can't even say I've read a book twice. I mean, I am anyhow. So, okay, good for you. Uh, This has been a pure delight, Jared, to connect with you in this way, to share your wisdom, your insight, your um, just who you are, your teachings. You're such a, I can feel it. Not only are you in your being a uh, a, a person of service and who sells himself and what he has to offer. You are a pure teacher. I can feel it in everything that you right. do and you say. So thank you for serving each of us here today and and opening yourself up to show us a little bit more of what it can look like or feel like to go through transformation, to be supported, to be resourced. And I mean, there were so many nuggets of wisdom along the way. I invite everyone listening to go back and like, if you didn't already pause it and listen to it again, do that now, jot down a few things that he said and then go out and find him because he's got so much of this online. So Jared, where can they find you and connect and like
0: watch all of your amazing videos and content? Oh, thanks for that, Amanda. Yeah. So, um, YouTube, so I have a YouTube channel, Transformational Coaching, um, there I have over probably about 250 videos on everything from selling, uh, to the transformational process itself. It's really aligned with my mission, which is to help people live the life that they want to live and create the amount of wealth that they want to create for themselves while maintaining inner alignment. That's really, I think what every human being wants to do. That's, that's a source of, uh, pure independence And so all the videos are centered around that transformation process, changing yourself, pushing the edges, pushing the envelope, while at the same time doing it in a way that feels right for you. And that also generates the amount of income that you want for yourself. And then my, my website is transformationalcoaching.co. And if they want to reach out to me on Facebook, uh, they can do that. If they want to reach through, reach out to me through email, my emails on all my information's on the website as well, too. So that's, that's it. Awesome. That's all amazing. I got for you.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, that was, you know, just just a just a few few nuggets there. Um, but yeah, so all of you listening, thank you so much. I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes. Please go find Jared. He has got amazing content. Um, and you need to see what he looks like. I mean, I'm just saying, you gotta like it's it's a whole package. So go, go scope <laughs> them out. I'm gonna give you a little, you know, a little Thanks nut. So, so you well. Know, <laughs> Um, so thank you all for tuning in if you have not yet be sure to subscribe to the show so that you are notified as I release more and more of these incredible conversations to you rate it review it share it with a friend if this spoke to you in one way or another by doing that we are all doing our part to extend this ripple of positivity and inspiration into the world and that is one of the things I am here to do so thank you all for tuning in and until next time many many blessings